Well, good morning. Um, it's just a privilege to be here, uh, you know, to talk to you about, you know, a, a topic that's, that's really dear um, to, you know, me and my family's heart. Uh, and that's basically serving the poor and the needy. You know, first of all, I got to say, as soon as I walked in, I, uh, I felt like I was in New York because there's so many people from New York here. This is like the small subdivision of the New York City Church of Christ. But, you know, it's, uh, it's just amazing weather down here. I, I don't, uh, you know, I totally understand why everybody moves down here. So, you know, I wanted to um, just start out by, this is my, my family. Um, it's my, you know, my wife, uh, Shambhavi, who is uh, herself a bone marrow transplant hematologist. Um, and my daughter and my, um, my older daughter and my younger daughter, um, Sitara and Anika. Now, you know, I wanted to start out with a scripture, um, with Proverbs uh, 28, 27. And basically it says, you know, he who gives to the poor will lack nothing. But he who closes his eyes to them receives many curses. You know, there's a, a you know, both sides of the coin here. You know, many times in our life where we ask for things from God. We say, you know, God, give me direction. You know, I want friendships. You know, give me more spirituality. There's things that, you know, we're always, you know, we're asking God for. But, you know, what if trying to serve the poor, you know, will change these things? And, and we, we serve the poor and then see what happens. You know, I think God, you know, gives you a lot of promises when he says, you know, things about serving the poor. And, you know, the, the flip side is all, it's also hard to kind of read. It's kind of like, if you close your eyes to the poor, life will not go well for you. You know, I think many times we look at the poor, you know, and the needy, and the things we need to do for them, and we're kind of like, that's a separate small ministry. You know, it's, and it's, you know, there's a, there's a little group there that, you know, that does stuff for the poor, but you know, then there's the church. And we kind of do our, our thing. And, you know, I, I want to, you know, really the, the theme of my message today is really to say, you know, you cannot be, you know, saying that you're following Jesus without having a heart for the poor. And without it being an integral part of, um, of who you are as a church and as a Christian. And I think that's, you know, that's what the scriptures kind of say over and over again. Um, you know, it's kind of like, you know, I'm an interventional cardiologist. And so it's like, you know, if somebody's like, well, you know, you have the heart thing going on. But the rest of the body, you know, we'll just, you know, we'll just take care of that. And the heart stuff, you know, if it works, it works, but whatever. You know, it's kind of, I think serving the poor is kind of the... You know the heart blood the pumping rhythm of the church so you know I want to I want to start out like you know if you notice my um, my two daughters you know one is 19 one is 10 you know there's a big big gap um, but in, you know in between in, in the year 2000 uh, we actually had um, we had a daughter who's um, who's born and when she was like two and a half years old, she was, she was di diagnosed with rhabdomyosarcoma, which you know, um, some of you may be familiar, but 
you know, essentially, you know, it was a, it was a brain tumor. And, and in 2003, um, you know, it spread rapidly and she, and she died. And so, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's like many years, you know, since, since she died. So it's right now, it's almost like surreal that, you know, it was like me who went through all that, but you know, it's, it was, you know, it was a, a time um, in our life, you know, she was, she was three. So it, it was something that was very, you know, it's, um, you know, it, it's hard to put in words what happens, you know, and, you know, to, to the parents. And then we had our six-year-old who was our daughter at the time. Um, and so, you know, it, it, was a, it was a challenging time for us. And, you know, I just, several years before, I had actually, um, some of you who may know me, like I, I had taken two years off of medicine and I, was, I actually planted one of the churches in India, Chennai, uh, India, which is in South India. And so we were part of the mission team, so I was familiar with a lot of, um, you know, the, the churches in India. And uh, we were also doing, uh, very familiar with the Hope uh, group, you know, uh, the Gimpos, etc. And so we, so we decided, me and my brother, who is, um, who is now, he's uh, in one of the underground churches in China, in Guangzhou, and my mom and my dad, and like our family, we pulled together, and we built, um, we built an orphanage. So the orphanage uh, we built in, um, in South India, in a place called um, Trichinopoly, which is a little uh, away from Chennai, which is one of the main cities. And, you know, the orphanage is 30,000 square feet. Um, you know, it's the building in the background. You can kind of, uh, can I see that? Oh. Uh, wait a second, you know what? I, I'm trying to, there we go. Check it out here. So, um, so, you know, that's the building in the back. Um, so, you know, it, it, it houses, um, you know, the, the orphans and, you know, some, uh, administrative things and it, you know, just several things um, for the church. The, the church itself, they actually we planted a church, um, you know, just to support the orphanage. And then, you know, now that that church is um, is growing there. And and so, you know, the the orphanage then um, started to to be just a part. And like in 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 the churches in India, it's a little different. Like hope and I mean, the poor. And the church are very integrated. It's just, you know, it's, it's almost hard to put into words. They're just, they're just one and the same. Um, and, you know, and it's, you know, the church meets at the orphanage. You know, the church, everybody serves at the orphanage. You know, everybody just serves the poor in different ways. Well, it's because a lot of the people in the church are actually poor. And so it's just, it's, you know, it's just part of what, you know, if you become a Christian, you're like, yeah, I, I got to help the poor. I, I'm part of the service for the poor. Um, and so then, you know, the orphanage started to grow. Um, and so, you know, you can continue here. So, you know, so we have, you know, it's, it's kind of morphed into so many different things that this has become, you know, um, and so the, they actually, you know, they, they do all these things that, you know, really inspire us. They, you know, the kids, they, for every birthday, for everybody in, that's involved, they get together and, you know, they put a little banner and they say, and they, they all 
you know, they'll send little, you know, happy birthday songs and, you know, and, and we're and like, we're not there. They just, and then they YouTube it and send it to us. And, you know, like they, they do all these things. It's very, we're like, wow. It's like, so it blows us away. Um, and so, you know, what, what I really see, you know, from this is it's kind of changed, you know, who we are by, by just serving the poor. What we have gotten back from doing this has been so much more than what we kind of intended or thought. And we just wanted to do something and we just put it out there. Um, and then we just started getting involved with, you know, with different um, people in hope. That's your brothers and sisters all over the world just doing, like, they do such amazing things. Like, we just, you see hearts that are just, like, it, it, you know, most people cannot go to a hope meeting and not come out, you know, with tears. Because people just sacrifice their lives, their time, and you're like, man, who are these people? You know, and, and that's, that's what I've, I've really, you know, taken away from, you know, you know, being involved with the poor and seeing there are, you know, sometimes I find that, you know, I'm in New York, I'm in a little area and some, where, you know, everything is so techno savvy, you can kind of within a few square miles live your whole life and not really, you know, realize the needs that are out there. There are brothers and sisters in, you know, in Nepal and, you know, in, in Afghanistan. You know, I get all these emails from Afghanistan of people who, all they do is just serve the poor. You know, they expect nothing in return. They give their whole lives. They go there and they're like, I'm just going to do this. And, you know, do they, they really are not going there to, you know, like baptize people. They just say, look, you know what? Jesus said serve the poor. And this is what I'm going to do. And so, you know, this is, this is what I see from you know, just being around you know these people and so I wanted to go over a couple of scriptures uh, Deuteronomy 15 10 it says give generously to him and do so without a grudging heart and because of this the Lord your God will bless you in all of your work and everything you put your hand to it's like it's almost like it doesn't matter what you do you say okay I'm gonna go here I'm gonna do this I'm gonna change what I do but God will bless that. And, you know, these are the promises that God, that God gives us. Okay, Proverbs 19, 17, this is one of my, this is one of the scriptures that I think of all the time. Because, like Damon said, I, I do some business as well, being, besides being a doctor. Um, you know, it's part of medicine nowadays, it's just the way it kind of goes. Um, <laughs> So, um, but it says, when you help the poor, you lend to God. You know, I think of that, you know, it's like, you know, and he pays back with amazing interest. You know, it's like, where else in the entire Bible can you say, look, I'm actually going to give God something. Everywhere else, it's like, God is giving you, God is giving you. He's like, God has sets grace on you. God is going to bless you. It's like, this is a place where it's like, God is like, you know what? You're going to give me something. You're lending to me. And it's like, I'm lending to you. And God is like, yes, you are lending to me. 
and I guarantee you, I will pay you back. So it's like, okay, that, to me, that's deep. You know, it's like, you know, God is giving you, you know, it's like, can you give me a dollar? I will give you back $10. Like, who is not going to do that? You know, I'm, I'm literally, I'm like, why would you not do that? Because, like, it just, it, it's sometimes it, it, sometimes it doesn't make sense to us. Like, oh my gosh, I only have $2. If I give my dollar away, I'm like, I only have $1 left, you know? But God is like, you're missing something. You're missing that I am here. Okay, Isaiah 58.10. It says, if you spend yourself on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. And the word here I, it comes to mind is spend yourself. It's like, you know, like when you, when you work hard all day and you feel like, man, I'm just spent. I'm like... Many times we feel like that. You know, it's like, oh man, I'm just working hard all day. I'm spent. I just want to like kick back now. So God is like, when you spend yourself for the hungry, for the poor, like, God's like, look, you know, you know, your star is gonna rise. You know, and it's you know, I don't know where, I don't know how, and sometimes I don't even understand it. I'm I'm like why is it that this is a man on the side of the road and I just, you know, I give him a dollar and God is happy. He's going to do something with that. Like, I don't get it. I mean, honestly, if you say, how do I understand this? I'd be like, I don't know. But God says it over and over again. And, and this, is, this is what I, I take away from this. And, you know, another thing that it always sticks to my mind is Acts 10, 1 through 2. And so, you know, the entire thousands and thousands of years, God only spoke and worked through the Jews. And then there is a major turning point in the history of, of God, of what he decided to do. And it's basically with Cornelius. And God says, I'm going to open this up to the Gentiles. Okay, and if we just read, it says, At Caesarea there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed regularly. And so it goes on to say, God chose him. He didn't know the Bible. He didn't. God says, I'm going to change how I do everything from this guy. And the reason I'm going to choose this guy is because he gives to the poor. That's, so I mean, like God values those people. You know, like other people, I'm sure if you looked at the Italian regiment or the Roman soldier, people would be like, there's another guy, he's like some guy, he does some stuff with the poor or whatever. But you know, he's a good soldier, blah, blah, blah. But God is like, no, I'm going to choose this guy to change the world. Because this guy, he, he gives to the poor. There's something that I like about him. 
And you know, there's, there's something personal here. It's like God is like, I, I like certain things. You know, it's like some people, you know, we just, we like this color, we like this. God is like, I like this. I like this person who gives the poor. This is who I am. And so I'm going to change the history of the world through this. That's the way I'm going to operate. You guys can all do whatever you want, but this is what I do. This is, this is, this is what, I, what I hear from God. So I just want to, you know, some of the other things that, you know, we do. Um, you know, if anybody hasn't done it before, you know, just, there's this thing called the Community Brigade, which, you know, you, it's, I mean, frankly, from Houston, it must be real close, but we go to like Guatemala, Honduras, Nicaragua, all these different countries, and we serve, um, you know, the poor in these countries. And, you know, you know when you want to see poor that's close by, I mean, believe me when I tell you, when you go to these countries, you do not know what poor is until you go to these places. Like Honduras, I mean, we go to San Pedro Sula, that's kind of the place that we've gone every year, and we, we bring our kids and we go there. I mean, like, you know, just to, to, to tell you a little, little story that I just remember when I think about poor is that we, we were there and um, all the children also serve the children when, you know, so we have, um, you know, we take care of the, the needs of the, we like built a school for them on one side and then we, uh, we bring medicine, we bring like suitcases full of medicine that free that we give out and, and dentistry and we bring all, it's like a team of a hundred doctors and engineers and just community help people and et cetera. And so the children were making like um, a little rattle for the other children. And so, you know, they put like three or four grains of rice inside a little paper mache and the other little children go around and they have this rattle and they were all happy about it and they ran around. And so the second day we came back and the children came back and the rattles didn't rattle anymore. We were like, doesn't work, there's no more rice inside. And so the children were like, my mom took out the four pieces of rice and we cooked them for dinner. We were like, what? Like, I mean like four pieces of rice. Are you kidding me? Like, I mean, so, I mean like the, the depth of, of the need, it's like you can't, we, we couldn't like even see like, you know, like what kind of need there is there. So whatever we gave, hey, they were super fired up. And so, it's, so when you go and serve in these places, it changes you. You go there and you just see it. You, just, you don't almost have to do it. You just like walk and you see it and you're like, you know what? I'm, gosh, I gotta be so happy and thankful for Thanksgiving. It's like, I gotta just be thankful because this is how people are. This is, you know, my, my daughter came back and said, this is a different reality. This is a reality for these people. So I think it helps us to see these things and be a part of these things and, you know, and help in whatever way we, we can. So, um, so, you know, the, the principal of the school that we, you know, we served at, he got all their kids together and they did a little Honduran dance for us when we were there. Because they were just so happy and grateful like we, were, we showed up when we came, came there. And they were like, just you showing up was means that you care for us. And this is all we, you know, we needed. Um, 
So that's my little daughter. You know, and I just kind of put this in there to say, you know, if we think our children are not watching, that's so not true. You know, what we do with the poor, the things that we care about and we give to them, you know, you know, our children watch these things. It becomes, you know, part of their example. You know, so. And, you know, the, the other thing that I wanted to, I want to talk about is, you know, the things that we've just done, like, just locally, is, you know, I see you guys do, you know, Christmas stuff and things. I mean, that's so awesome. You know, like just taking care of the locals. So that, those are things that we have done. I think, I think it, is, it is whatever you decide to do. Like you guys can just, it's part of your heart, part of what you decide to do. This is so much part of what God's heart is. Um, and to just, you know, do whatever, you know, you can collaborate with, and, you, know, um, you know, part of your community. And I think this is great community outreach, right? Like, you know, this is... You know, it's, it's hard sometimes to say, oh, you know, uh, come to church with me. But serving the poor, you can, there's a lot of people who will come with you to do things like that. And so I think, you know, doing all these kind of activities locally, which we've, we've done a lot of that back in, in New York. Um, you know, that's, that's very, like, I think, um, you know, helpful. Okay, so, you know, I wanted to... You know, on the flip side, there's always the flip side of, you know, of the scriptures. And this is the other side, Jeremiah 5, 28 and 29. It says, their evil deeds have no limit. They do not plead the case of the fatherless to win it. They do not defend the rights of the poor. Should I not punish them for this? Declares the Lord, shall I not avenge myself on such a nation as this? It's almost like, wow, it's a little harsh. Yeah. But God is like, look, you're seeing you're going to follow me, but you don't care about the poor. Like, well, what do I do with you? You know, Why, you know what, what do you want me to say? You know, should I not even punish you? Like, look, this is what you're supposed to do. You know, you know, I, I, I want you to go out there and defend, you know, the people who can't say anything. That's what you're here for. That's what I do. So, you know, it's like some of these scriptures, when you really look at the, the scriptures on what God's, you know, he's, he's passionate about the poor. And he's not going to hold back. He's like, he's like, you need to go be doing this. So, Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, we always think of Sodom, and we're like, oh, you know, man, those are the, the evil, evil people. Now, this was the sin of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters were arrogant, overfed, unconcerned. And they did not help the poor and the needy. Somehow when I look at this, I'm sorry, it kind of reminds me of America. Arrogant, overfed, unconcerned, don't care about the poor and needy. Yeah, it's like, who is that? You know, we're just kind of concerned about ourselves and you know. So, like, even like the things that we think, wow, those are the really, really bad people, Sodom, Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, you know, one of the things I just didn't help the poor need. So, 
this is God's heart. I mean, you know, this is really, you know, something you're, you're seeing this. 1 John 3, 17. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need, but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? So throughout the Old, throughout the New Testament, it is, it's, it's again, everything about Jesus is about the heart. And really, Jesus is like, it's like, it's the pity that he wants. He, he's like, you need to be concerned. There needs to be a heart here. I mean, you know, you have to be wise. You have to do all those things. Yes, you know, you have to make sure you do it in the right way. But your heart has to be there. You have to say, this is God. This is what I was called to do. I cannot not do this. It's like we can say, you know, when you, when you read the scriptures, like, I cannot not be baptized. Isn't that what we say when we read the scripture? Like, that's, you know, that's, when I read the Bible, that's how I was. I was like, man, how can I not be baptized? It just, I can't. It doesn't, it's not possible. I have to get baptized because there's no way I'm missing out on heaven. I mean, forget it. I don't care who, what anybody says. I'm going to do this. And it, it's kind of the same way. God is like, you cannot not have pity on people and not care about people. You know, like one thing Damon said a long time ago, he probably doesn't remember, it's like, it's like we're in the people business. This is what we are. You know, we are in the people business. We take care of people. And, you know, that's, that's kind of what God, you know, is, is says throughout everything in the scriptures that I read. So there's a, there's a little video I really like that talks about the poor. At today's community church, we've got a culture of generosity. The Bible says a man reaps what he sows, so it's got to be best to sow generously, right? Think of it this way. If I want more friends, then I've got to generously sow friendship. Maybe I buy someone a coffee, or maybe I invite some people to my house. Pretty soon, I've got a lot more friends. Or, say my cash is running low. Instinct says to save. Maybe even stop tithing. But the Bible says, give even more. It doesn't seem to make sense, right? But God says this stuff over and over. In Proverbs he says, the world of the generous gets larger and larger, whilst the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. I know which one I'd choose. If we take God out of the equation, it's absolutely crazy. But when I compare the amount of times I've been wrong to the amount of times God's been wrong, I think that maybe I need to trust God's promises. And God promises that if you give your life away, you'll find life given back with bonus and with blessing. Giving, not getting is the way. Generosity begets generosity. All it takes is for you to choose to believe. I love that, uh, that little video. It kind of, you know, it summarizes what God, you know, you know, is trying to say about generosity. You know, in, in our heart, we kind of like, 
I only got a couple things I got to hold back. But God's like, no. Do the opposite. Have faith. Trust in me. Do the opposite of your time, your money, what you decide to do. And see where I take it. So, um, my last um, point here, uh, I'm going to go through a couple scriptures. Uh, it's 1 Peter 2.21, where it says, To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving an example that you should follow in his steps. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to just go over, you know, the footsteps of Jesus through a, a couple of um, scriptures in the Bible. So if we just go over, like this is where Jesus starts his ministry in Matthew. And if we just go over, okay, I want to just go over the footsteps of Jesus. And we'll follow through just what Jesus did on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, how did Jesus live? What did he do? And so, for, you know, basically we're just going to cover, you know, all of chapter 8 and 9 in Matthew. Just go in little sections. Okay? So, in Matthew 8, it starts out, the Bible tells us that Jesus came down from the mountain, right? And Jesus began his ministry. It says in verse 3, if we start out, it says, Jesus reached out his hand and touched a leper and healed him. Okay, we'll just uh, pull up Matthew 8. And if we just go through what he does, at, you know, at the beginning of his ministry. So he starts out with the man of leprosy. In verse 5, right? There was a centurion. He had a servant. He was lying paralyzed and in terrible suffering. We find that Jesus healed the man after recognizing the centurion's great faith, right? The faith of the centurion. We see that in 5. We keep going, right? This is just day in the life of Jesus. So we go to verse 14. What does he do there? Jesus heals many. Okay? He heals the fever with Peter's mother-in-law, expels demons from a demon-possessed man. Again, he heals a whole bunch of people. And then we keep going. Jesus goes on. Verse 23. Jesus calms the, the storm. He, and all the disciples are anxious. They get afraid. And so Jesus, like, he relieves our anxiety. He says, look, you know, don't be anxious. Don't be worried. And then he... You know, he heals them. Then we move on. Verse 28, Matthew chapter 8. The healing of the two demon-possessed men. Right? So Jesus goes on, and he heals these demon-possessed men. So this is a day in the life of Jesus. Right? So we go through healing, healing, taking care of people, healing, healing. So, so this is the ministry of Jesus. Now, we're going to, you know, move on to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, what does Jesus do here? You know, he continues, Jesus heals the paralytic. Okay? And, you know, he says, take heart, your sins are forgiven, and he heals the paralytic chapter 9. So we keep going. He does a couple things. Verse 18. A dead girl and a sick woman. Okay, he raises the girl from the dead, heals a sick woman who's been subject to bleeding for 12 years. This is, again, so Jesus keeps going. This is just, you know, his normal day. He's, he's, he's going around. Move on to verse 27. As 
You know, Jesus heals the blind and the mute. Okay? So we've gone through basically two, you know, chapters. And what we really see here, okay, the plane is going to be landing soon. I don't know if Damon says that. <laughs> but, um, you know, so in chapter 8 and 9, two-thirds of every single thing that Jesus did was just healing the sick and helping the poor. That is just a day in the life of Jesus. So, you know, I, I just want us to remember when we look and just say, look, I want to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. I want to you know, go to heaven and be with Jesus. I, I want you to think, if you think you can be like Jesus without serving the poor, okay, you're just very much mistaken. You know, it just doesn't work that way. Okay. And so, you know, I just, man, I, I want us, you know, to remember there's, there's like several books. It's like, you know, it's like called Hole in the Gospels and different things. It's like, this is a, you know, this is like a, this is a gap in how we follow Jesus. This is a place where, you know, I think we, we all need help because in our minds we kind of think, oh, this is the way we follow Jesus. We, we all need help in this. We need help from each other. We need help from other people. And we need to say, look, you know, to follow Jesus, I gotta change the way I think, the way I look, the way I do things. I gotta care about my brother who needs help spiritually. I need to care about the poor and the needy and the people who just, and I need to have compassion in my heart for these people. And I need to just do this on a regular basis. This is just, and if people say, look, when they think of us as a church, they think of, you know, the Houston Church of Christ, they should say, I think about people who serve the poor. You know, I, I think about this is just what I do. And frankly, to be honest with you, John Bean's a great example. Yeah. Whenever I thought about, I, I'll be as honest as I can be, whenever I thought about anybody serving the poor, I'd be like, wow, John Bean. Yeah. That's, you know, that's just too, you know, I, frankly, I don't know John all that well because he was in a different ministry. But everything I ever heard about him, Everything I ever, like, people talked about it, it's always about the poor. I'm just being honest. And so it's, but that's what Jesus, like, when they talk about you, do they talk about you as, you know, oh, this is the, you know, the nice dressing brother, I don't know. Or do they talk about, oh, he's the brother who loves the poor. He's the brother who's always out there doing something. He cares about the poor. So um, that's that's really you know the end of my message. I just wanted you know I just wanted to say this is I think this is something that you know we should all grow in together, yeah. and I think we could all just um, you know do a great job to the glory of God. Yeah. All right.